I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Open Forum Wednesday, the Kings and the Mavs. Big game tonight in L.A., the Lakers and the Clippers. If the Lakers win, they're probably going to be a fifth or a sixth seed. If the Clippers win, I think that's who the Kings will end up playing in the first round of the playoffs. It could change, but that would be my prediction. So a big game tonight in Los Angeles. The uh, Kings are taking on a Dallas team who has to win or they're done. They got to win all three games. They got to get some help. Luca, Kyrie, the Mavs, I got to believe they're going to be playing uh, their A game tonight. So we've got that to talk about. What else do you want to discuss? We can do that right here on Listen Up. All you got to do is hit your hand icon and we'll get you on. Don't forget pregame with Ryan. He'll join me at halftime and postgame as well as the Kings take on the Mavs. That is a five o'clock pregame. 5.30 tip, which means we'll be on roughly at about uh, 6.45 with the halftime show. Kings played last night. Big-time performance against the Pelicans. Memphis also won. So the Kings are still two back of the number two seed with three games left. Now, the Kings do own the tiebreaker, but you got to be realistic here. It's probably going to be a three seed for Sacramento. All right? Probably going to be a three seed for Sacramento, which is fine. I mean, you know who you're going to be playing. You know you're playing the sixth seed, and you can kind of zero in right now. But right now, again, could it change? Yes. But right now it looks like Golden State, the Clippers, the Lakers are your most likely scenarios for the first round of the playoffs. Now, the big question mark is Friday. The Kings host the Warriors on Friday. And the outcome of that game could very well determine who the Kings play in the first round of the playoffs. Could it be the Warriors and the Kings? The Warriors have not played well on the road this year. Will Andrew Wiggins be playing? Will Mike Brown coach the team the way he normally does? Play all the guys, try to win the game. It's an unknown. First things first, though, tonight, it's Sacramento and Dallas. All right? Let's get to uh, Connor. He's going to be our leadoff man on Open Forum Wednesday. Hello, Connor. Hey, Grant. How's it going? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to talk about all the NBA stuff tonight, with obviously tonight being able to end the Mavericks season. And I saw Mark Cuban was talking about he was blaming Jalen Brunson's dad. Jalen Brunson leaving and stuff. I mean, 
I'm just something about Mark Cuban rubs me the wrong way. He's trying to put the blame anywhere but on himself after he just made that Kyrie Irving trade. So, I mean, I don't yeah, understand. It's, it's a bad look. I agree with you. I, I don't understand that either. It's uh, they're, they're a mess. You know, the, the Mavericks are a mess right now. They really are. Now, that doesn't mean they won't win tonight, but they're a mess. They really are. Yeah, and then obviously I think all Kings fans should be rooting for the Clippers tonight, playing the Lakers. We've talked about it before that we'd much rather play the Clippers than the Lakers. And then also that Grizzlies-Pelicans game is obviously big for the Pelicans. Yep. And I know the Kings shot at the two seed is pretty slim, but if we win tonight and the Grizzlies lose, that can make things a little bit more interesting. Sure could, because the Kings own the tiebreaker. They'd only be one back, and it would be, you know, Memphis still has to play Milwaukee. Not a, Milwaukee's really got nothing to play for, but you, because of Boston losing to Philadelphia last night, that was a hell of a game. You see Joel Embiid last night? What a game he had. Man. Um, incredible performance. Yeah, 50-something points. And yeah. Doc Rivers said post-game that that should be the end of the MB, MVP race. I don't know about that, but he's obviously yeah, I don't a hell know. of a you know, player. What, what, yeah, he's a hell of a player, and if he gets it, no one's going to have any uh, issues or complaints about it. But the fact that, you know, you play 82 games and Doc Rivers says because of that game he should be the MVP, I mean, it's silly. It's a stupid comment. But, again, it's Doc sticking up for his players, so I get that. Um, you know, but again, back to the Kings and the, the the fact is that the Warriors game on Friday in all likelihood will determine whether they play the Warriors or somebody else in the first round. All right. So whether the Kings win that game or lose that game will have a direct bearing on whether it's going to be the Warriors that they play. Now, we don't really know right now because we can't forecast what's going to happen in the games between now and Friday and what's going to happen tonight in the Lakers-Clippers game. But um, we're, we're going to learn a lot real soon, that's for sure. Yeah, and I was just kind of perusing the standings yesterday, and I saw that – I know that divisions don't mean much anymore, but every single team in the Pacific division is in the playoffs right now from the three seed to the seven seed. And the fact yep. that the Kings won that division, I mean, that's pretty impressive to me. It is. I mean, I think you also have to be fair. The reason why they won the division is because all of the injuries to the stars in the division. I mean, we'd be I mean, I'll ask you if the Kings play a healthy Golden State team, do you think the Kings are going to be favored? If the Kings play a healthy Lakers team, do you think they're going to be the favorite to win? I mean, the reality is, you know, the Kings got extremely lucky this year with all of the injuries in their division, including the Clippers, the Warriors, the Suns, the Lakers. I mean, every single team had big-time major injuries. The only team in that division did not was the Kings. And what happened? The Kings won the division. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously scared of the Warriors because just because of how much they would fill Golden 1. And, and we can't forget they're the defending champs. And a healthy Steph Curry no one wants to play against and no one can really stop. But I know that you're scared of the Lakers and everything. I mean, I am too a little bit, but... I'm not as concerned about them as I am about the Warriors just because I mentioned it on your YouTube show that they're almost never healthy. And I get it that right now they are healthy and who's going to guard Anthony Davis and stuff. But I guess I'm just – I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings beat the Lakers if they met up in the first round. I'd be surprised. i got to be honest with you. I, I would be surprised. You know, as far as the Warrior fans being in the arena, that's not going to make any difference at all. I, that, I mean, I know we talk about it as fans – it's not going to have any outcome on the games. It, it, it doesn't. I mean, the Kings actually have won 
on the road where there's, you know, 98% fans rooting for the other team. So I, that, that really doesn't matter. It, I know we like to make a big deal out of it, Connor. Once the game starts, the fans don't really factor into who wins the game. If you're at home and the other team's well-represented, it really doesn't. It looks good on TV. It's nice when, you know, you're the visiting fans. In other words, if you go to support, like if the Kings fans go to the Chase Center, if they're playing the Warriors and they win, yeah, it looks good on TV and you can hear them, but it doesn't that really have any bearing on the game. It just doesn't. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I think it would maybe even help the Kings if that was the case because it seems like they could use any change of scenery at home to turn it around with how <laughs> they've been playing there lately. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I'm going to go back to this. It has no bearing on the game. I know everyone thinks it does. It doesn't. Does It's not going to affect the outcome of the game based on how many Warrior fans or Laker fans are at the uh, Golden One Center. It's not going to. It's not going to change the outcome of the game at all. Yeah, and then I just had a couple of quick things on the Yankees. I saw today that they only struck out eight times, which is a miracle for them. So that was a great thing to see. And then a couple of days lost, ago, right? no, they won. Oh, I'm, I was thinking about the game before and the loss to Philly. How many games did they? How many? How many times did they strike out? I forgot to look at the box score on that. Um, the first game. Because, you know, I, I, I do – again, I still don't like – they don't put the ball in play enough for me on a consistent basis. You know, they really don't. But it's, it's early in the season. You know, we'll see. Uh, but I, I'd like to see them be able to put the ball in play more. I think it's a real problem. They're not the only team, by the way. There are a lot of teams that have just too many issues with strikeouts. They just do. Yeah, they struck out nine times in that first Phillies loss, so not okay. much of a difference. But the one question I wanted All to right. ask you, I think it was in the first series of the year against the Giants. They they lost the game, and it was a kind of a bang-bang play where there was a double play, and it looked like both of the Giants players, their foot was either coming off the bag or wasn't on the bag, and it was really close. And they, they did a replay and everything, but – just kind of amazed me with the technology we have in 2023 and stuff that they couldn't really find a better angle with the replay system because they just called them both out and the game was over. It seems like they should have more conclusive evidence with everything we have today. They should. You know, I've been to the replay center in New York, and so I'm very familiar with the setup. Uh, I've actually been in the room where the umpires, you know, look at all the monitors. And I've also been to the NBA replay center in Secaucus, New Jersey, and so I and I've actually operated the equipment. So I have a pretty good understanding. They have what they have to work with. And if it is not 100 percent, OK, not ninety nine point nine, 100 percent, they won't change the call on the field. So if you see something that you think is going to be overturned and it's not because in the replay center, even though it may look so on one angle, there's another angle they have that's not conclusive or again, I'm just giving you an example. In their eyes, it's got to be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's got to be 100%, no gray area. So I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from. But just in speaking with the people that operate and run these uh, and, and make decisions in the replay centers, that's how they do it. Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. I'm sure it happens to every team at some point during the season. Yep. So yes, it does. That's all I got today. Go Kings tonight. See you, buddy. Take care. Let's move along. Let's get to Ron right here on Open Forum Wednesday. Hey, Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, Grant, thanks very much. How are you? 
I'm good. Thank you for calling. Good. Yeah. Um, first shout out to John uh, for getting that beard shaved. I uh, have been listening uh, for a while and I, uh, I pictured him looking a different way. In fact, having that beard a little bit shorter um, than it actually was. That was fun. He's pretty uh, fired up and he's always very positive on yep. your show. So I appreciate him. So a shout out to you, John. And then um, the other day, it was after we played San Antonio, Waggis came on. He seemed, he, he was he was probably sounded a lot like a, um, I've, I would sound. He was talking about, um, he thinks that the Kings are going to be swept. And there's times I feel like that where it's almost like a, a layup line getting to the basket for the other team. And then I'm going to go out and play yesterday where I thought was going to be pretty tough um against the pelicans and and win that thing so i you know i almost think like it's a a a coin flip and i'm i'm with uh connor i i think we could do okay against the lakers this is why i I don't think ad is going to make it through the playoffs i just don't he gets hurt so much that the longer and more games that they have to play i think the less likely he's going to make it in fact today uh stephen a smith was screaming that he would play today screaming like don't sit your butt down ad you get out and you get out and play so i think that could be uh i think that could be a big factor so you know who- yeah but you can't you can't go into a series thinking that someone's going to get hurt and that's your best chance of winning that's a really <laughs> delicate way to look at a playoff series i mean you you, you can't you can't you can't really look at it that way i understand what you're saying uh but you know i mean you're right anthony davis could get hurt tonight he's playing tonight everyone's got to play tonight yeah. this is a gigantic game for the lakers they're not resting anybody tonight well grant i've gone the whole season thinking that was going to happen and it has happened think of all the teams and you said this quite a bit how many players have you know whatever sat out or something's happened and we're fortunate so maybe this yeah but is, understand yeah. if the lakers lose tonight in all likelihood they're going to be in the play-in tournament, which means they got to play extra game or yeah. games. They, they're going to do everything that they can to avoid that. Well, you know what? I hope something happens. So there you go. But regardless, I mean, we got to we got to make our uh, our three-point shots. So I think that's the way of doing it. It'll be fun. I mean, regardless how the yep. season goes, I I before the season started, I'm thinking if we win 30, I mean, that's, that's about what we do have been doing every year. We win 30. Yep. And yep. but. You know, we'll see. And then um, since it's open forum, a couple of things that you have, I think today it was on your rant talking about Shanna Sharp. Was that correct? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's uh, correct. Yeah, I, I think, you know, oftentimes I think, he, you know, he said it was moronic or something like that. I, I, I think what happens is these guys know that so many people believe this stuff. So many people believe it. I, I think it's almost like political when they say because it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. Like you said. How, you know, because Jill Biden invited Iowa that that the president might lose. I mean, it, it could he if he really if he really thinks it or is this intentional, purposeful? Is he saying this, you know, to, you know, to keep, you know, certain people in, in power or just I don't, I don't know. But, I, you know, I'm a teacher. And I'll tell you what. I, I can't believe how ignorant uh, younger generation is about. Simple well, I, I, I texted I texted five people before I did my rant, mm-hmm. all of whom were black. And I just asked them, I go, don't laugh at me and don't think I'm crazy. But what do you think about this? And all five of them were at a loss for words. Okay. They were just like, that's stupid. Okay. They, they, they don't, and, they, and I didn't need to ask them, but I wanted to just to validate because I'm white. I'm not black. Yeah. I just want to yeah. get, I, so I, I reached out to my, my friends 
And I just said, I got to ask you. And they both like, were like, what are you talking about? And they, 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 three of them hadn't even heard what was going on. So I had to explain it to them. They go, you, you're making this up, right? I said, no, I'm not making it up, you know? And um, so it's just stupidity. And, it, you know, to me, it's embarrassing for the network of Fox Sports 1 to even have a conversation like that. To think that somebody would actually go on national television, all right, even though it's cable, but a national television and make a comment that Joe Biden may not win the election in 2024, assuming that he runs because the black people that voted him, voted for him, would not vote for him because his wife invited the runner-up Iowa Hawkeyes, a predominantly white team, to the White House, just goes to show you, and again, I've talked about this for years, how far apart and divided our country is when it comes to race. We're not even close to being harmonious. We're not even close. You can't go 24 hours without having Shannon Sharp or Stephen A. Smith or Jay Williams or Kendrick Perkins or any other well-known black media stars, okay? You, we can't go 24 hours without them going to the race card and using race when really race has nothing to do with a particular situation. And it's really a shame. It's, it's really a shame that because the first lady of the United States makes a mistake, she did make a mistake, and includes Iowa in a White House celebration that somebody like Shannon Sharp would go on uh, in front of uh, uh, whatever the, the number of people are that watch and, and make a comment that because Iowa is a predominantly white team, that the black voters who voted for Joe Biden in 2020 would not vote for him again if he runs for a reelection because his wife invited Iowa's basketball team to the White House is truly, and I really mean this now, is truly one of the stupidest things that anyone has ever said in front of a microphone. Seriously. Do, do you think that he is intentionally doing it or he's just, he's just ignorant? Do you think there's a purpose behind it? Like what would be motivating him to say something like that? Well, I, I can't, I don't want to speak for him, but I doubt he would say it if he didn't feel that way. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, maybe he's bouncing that off or getting some, you know, like Stephen A. Smith, when he was talking the other day about that gal in LSU. And I, I, I watched that on, on YouTube. Cause you had talked about that as well. Him going, Stephen A. going off on that as well. That, yep. The race issue. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm like you, I'm, I, uh, I'm an athletic director as well. I don't like any trash talking, especially I hate it. high school or, or college. I, I just, I can't stand it. It really turns me off. It turns me off in sports in general. But he, it's one thing I noticed was Stephen A started going off on really how the gal looked, like her tattoos or eyelashes. And I, I, you know, I'm around a lot. I'm a Caucasian. I'm around a lot of white people as well. And it's like, we're not, I, I don't hear people like look at her eyelashes and tattoos. Nobody does. And, and, and I and I see this all the time around women's basketball and college women's basketball as yeah. well. And I don't hear people talking about it. It's almost like one of these deals where he's, it's, they don't. He's pulling. They don't it talk out. about it. They don't talk about it. And here's something else. Okay, there's no one that could have looked at the Caitlin Clark with the hand in front of her face and Angel Reese. There's nobody that can objectively look at that and say that they were the same. They weren't the same in any 
way, shape, or form. What Angel Reese did was above and beyond. It was over the top, okay? It was not anything like Caitlin Clark with her John Cena hand gesture, okay? It wasn't even remotely close. So if you want to bring out an argument, you have to first acknowledge that the two incidents are not even remotely close. And yet the examples I used on my show of Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp made it seem like both were 100% identical and that Caitlin Clark received no backlash and Angel Reese received all of it. And their argument was because Caitlin Clark is white and Angel Reese is black. That had nothing at all to do with it. Now, is it possible that there's one member of the media, two members of the media somewhere in the country that have a racial bias, bias and that's why they said what they said? Yes, obviously that's very possible. But the majority of people, okay, that look at that, nobody signaled out Angel Reese because of the color of her skin. They, 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 they criticized her because she went above and beyond. It was after the game and she followed and taunted a player on the other team excessively, okay? Now, I'm not killing her. She's 20 years old. She got caught up in a moment. I don't like trash talking, but I'm not going to bury the gal after what she did. I understand it. I get it. Do I think it's wrong? Yes, I think it's wrong, okay? But again, I'm not ready to like say she should never play again and she's a bad person. I, I'm not even, didn't even think that. I just thought it was over the top. I thought it was a bad look and I wish it had not happened. But to say that the two things were equal, I'm sorry, you're not dealing in reality. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think probably a lot more attention was on that game, too, because like, you know, you mentioned this the other day as well. I didn't, I didn't look up the numbers, but I think you said over nine million people are watching this or more. Nine point nine million highest yeah. rated yeah. game ever in the history of women's basketball. Well, I'd say a big part of that because I don't know how many people connected with me and said, do you see Kate, Caitlin Clark's highlights? And of course. I, I have to admit, and you, I think you asked Connor this, would you say she's the best female basketball player you've ever seen? And in my yes, view, I, I, have never, I have never seen something like her. I have three sons. No. I'm telling they all watched it just because of her. They wanted to see her do things like Connor said that no one else has be, you know, been able to do. I mean, I, she's incredible. She's fun to watch. You know, that's why I was interested in it. Yeah, she is. Absolutely. Ron, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. you. Thank you. You take care. You do the same. Excellent call. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no 
additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Grant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get through some other folks. And we uh, say hello to Ryan in Sacktown. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. Um, I just wanted to make a counterpoint to Ron. He was talking about AD getting hurt or you won't make it through the playoffs. It doesn't matter about him making through the playoffs. It matters about him making it through the first round. You know, we don't care after that whether. Yeah, right. Exactly. You don't care. Exactly. Um, Hey, since it's open forum Wednesday, I've always wanted to ask you this question. And sorry if this is book material, but were you ever offered any other jobs during your tenure with the Kings? Yes, uh, I was offered a job to work full time at ESPN Radio back in the late 90s when I was flying to Bristol for about three weekends every month to co-host game night on Saturday and Sunday. They asked me uh, in September if I would like to come in for a weekend. And I was like, yeah. And I remember taking the red eye uh, through Chicago into Hartford, right, going in the national rental car, everything set up, getting a car. I remember checking into the hotel across the street. I was so excited, but I got four hours of sleep. And I remember walking over to ESPN Radio and the first show that I ever did on a Saturday night was with uh, Tony Bruno and Chuck Wilson. And I, I've never been so intimidated in my life going into a studio with those two guys. They were Mr. ESPN Radio back then. And I did a six-hour show the first night. And then the next night, I did a show with Joe D. Ambrosio, who's a, has turned into a great friend of mine. And we had John Clayton join us during that show because John was Mr. NFL at ESPN. And I remember we had Chris Mortensen on that night. And I'll just, it was one of the great things. And I, I got back home uh, on Monday and I got a call from the program director at ESPN Radio. And he said, hey, you know what? Would you like to come back again next weekend? We really enjoyed your work. I said, sure. And during the NBA lockout, I did three shows, three weekends out of every month. I was getting off the air at seven o'clock at KHDK. And I would go home, I would eat, I would go to the airport, I would take the red eye through Chicago, I would go into Hartford, I would take a nap, I would do the show on Saturday, NFL games on Sunday, that's what we talked about. I then had a 7 a.m. nonstop from Hartford to San Francisco, took the little puddle jumper to Sacramento, got home around noon, got a quick nap, went to work to do my show in the afternoon, got off at 7, came home and passed out. And I did that in the months of September, October, November, December, and January until the season started on February 5th. And after, after I resumed the NBA season, I got a call from ESPN and he said, hey, I know you're in the middle of a season, but would you consider working for us full time? Wow. And I didn't, even listen, I didn't even listen to the offer. I just said, hey, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, but you know what? If you can't, 
give me a play-by-play. He goes, well, I can't give it to you right now, maybe down the road, but right now that's not what's on the table. What's on the table is you being a host on ESPN radio. And I said, Hey, I really appreciate that, but I'm a play-by-play man first and foremost. And that's my love. I'm doing the NBA. And unless you can, you know, give me games to do, I'm going to have to respectfully decline. And then after that, uh, I actually did a couple of games of the NBA on ESPN radio. Uh, John Martin, who was the executive producer of the NBA and ESPN radio, uh, called me up one day and said, hey, can you do the Kings Blazers game on ESPN radio? And I was like, yeah, and I work with Dr. Jack Ramsey. And that was a great experience. So they actually did give me, you know, some work on the play by play, but it, it, it wasn't enough back then. So I declined. That's the only opportunity. I didn't seek any opportunities. You know, a lot of people have asked me that before. I have, I didn't ever seek another opportunity. I never once called anyone and said, Hey, uh, do you have an opening? Not one time did that. And the reason I, I didn't is because number one, I love living in Sacramento. I thought it was a phenomenal place to live. I thought it was a phenomenal place to raise kids. And I loved my job. I loved both the radio, the TV, and oh yeah, by the way, uh, I was fortunate enough to be asked to fill in for Romy, as you well know. And I ended up doing that for what, 15, 17, 18 years. So I still was doing national work. And oh yeah, I did the Raiders for five years on TV. I did the Sharks one year. So, you know, like uh, there was no reason for me to leave. I was doing everything that I've ever dreamed of right in Sacramento. And why, why move my family to do something that I don't know if it's going to be as good just because it's national. I was, I was already doing national stuff. I was very happy with where I was at in my career. So I never once, and I really mean this, I didn't once in all my years of working in Sacramento seek employment elsewhere, not one time. Amen. That's awesome. Did I guess the other question would be, cause you know, you got your Mike Breens, he does Knicks. Did TNT or ESPN ever interest you trying to do like the split schedule? No, nope, never did. Never got, pres- never once got approached by either of those. I would say this, I, and I really mean this, for the majority of my career, it's almost like Sacramento didn't exist in the NBA. And I, and I really mean that. We had so many bad years in the 32 years that I did the Kings. Think about this now, okay? In 32 years, I only, I only experienced the playoffs nine times. Yeah. And eight of those were eight of those were in a row. Okay. So like all the other years, like really, we didn't even exist. No, they didn't even think about Sacramento. But yeah, I was again, I was I was very content, very happy. I never wanted to leave Sacramento. I made it very clear that you know I was hoping to live there the rest of my life. Love the community, love the fans. Love the proximity to everything that is so close by, Tahoe, Bay Area, Napa, Monterey. You know what I mean? You get it. Uh, There was no reason to leave. I thought I I had a great job. And I'll tell you, I I, I share this story. When the Kings were really good in the early 2000s, we were playing the Knicks one night in, in Sacramento. And after the game, Mike Breen walked up to me. He said, this is the most amazing atmosphere anywhere in the league. He goes, you were so lucky 
that you get a chance to announce in this environment every night. Now think about that. That's the announcer for the Knicks telling me that. And he said, listen, if you ever get sick and I'm, he goes, I'm serious. You tell the Kings to call me. I'll, I'll fly out and do a game here. He goes, that's how much I love it here. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. I'm going to wrap it up. Last question though. What would it have meant to you, Jerry, and all the other guys behind the scenes to get a ring in 02? The world. It would have meant the world because I was I, I would have I, I was always thinking about it. The first thing I would do is I was going to give it to my father. And so I never had that opportunity. My dad ended up passing away uh, five years later in 2007. But I would have given him my ring if I'd won the ring. I wouldn't even have worn it. I would have gotten it sized for him and I would have given it to him. And obviously, you know, once he passed, I would have it back. But um, it would have meant the world. It would have meant the world. But to the players on the team, I mean, it goes without saying, once you win and you're a player, no one can ever take that away from you. I believe had the Kings won the championship in 2002, I don't believe that we would have ever gone through the saga of the Kings moving. I don't think it would have ever gotten to that point. I think they would have built an arena for the Maloofs. I believe that the Maloofs probably would still own the team mm-hmm. and things would be completely different. But those players, they all would have had their jerseys hanging in the rafters. The city of Sacramento would have been changed forever. Again, that whole situation of moving, staying, moving, staying would have never happened. And the history of Sacramento sports would have been completely different. And I believe the, uh, but everything happens for a reason. The arena wouldn't be where it is now, would have been in the rail yards. And I think the arena right now where it is, is obviously, you know, a state of the art, one of the great venues anywhere in the country. Uh, But yeah, things would have been a lot different. But for me personally, you know, it would have been the greatest thing I could have ever done was give my dad that ring. Wow. Why, why was the immediate response to give it to him? Well, because without my dad uh, bringing me to games all my life and always being there and always being my biggest supporter and my love for sports is through my dad, I don't think there would have been a better way I could have said thank you than giving him a world championship NBA ring. Pretty damn cool, Napes. Pretty cool. All right, buddy. I'll let you go. Thank you, bud. Have a good show. Take care. All right. Yeah, Ryan's going to be on in uh, pregame coming up here at the top of the hour. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's get to uh, Waggus right here on Open Forum Wednesday. Hey, Waggus. Hey, Grant, thanks for sharing that. I, I did not know you ever got a job offer from ESPN. 
Um, yep. Obviously, I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't regret it. I'm, I know right now it's probably hard to look back. Yeah. yeah. I don't regret it. So uh, I want to talk about when you say announcing games and venues, uh, one thing that you would mention um, that, you know, announcing a game in Madison, Madison Square Garden is obviously terrific, but not because of the atmosphere, but because of the location on, on where the play-by-play announcers are. So what did you mean by that? Uh, it's It was the best vantage point of anywhere in the NBA to announce a game because they put us directly at center court across from the scores table. So we were never bothered by coaches oh. being in front of us or referees. Very often in the location that we would announce courtside, if we're on the bench side, we would always have uh, coaches and referees talking during the course of a play. And my depth of field would be cut off considerably because very often they'd be standing in front of me or to my left or to my right. And so I would announce on those locations, the game, probably 50% of the game off my monitor that was right in front of me uh, at the Madison Square Garden. We were we were just two feet from the sideline, oh, wow. right at midcourt with nobody next to us. Nobody was ever. And, and the energy at Madison Square Garden, even when the team is bad, you can feel it when you walk into the building. I, it's very difficult for me to explain anyone that's coached or played at Madison Square Garden or announced will all tell you the same thing. Most people say it's their favorite building to go to a, an event. There's really nothing like it. It's just it's just alive when you walk in. There's just something about Madison Square Garden. You're like, it's a wow factor. And then where you sit, um, there is nothing like it in the NBA. Yeah, so obviously I'll, I'll go one day. I never had a chance to. But um, is it true that, you know, the court is actually, they say, on the third floor? It's not even on ground level? Fifth floor. Fifth. Wow, okay. Yeah, oh, it's wow. on the fifth floor. You take the when you get into the garden, you can either walk up the ramp, or you can take the elevator. Where we get off the bus, you can either go up the ramp. So we would actually go into the freight elevator to get up to the uh, fifth floor, and we were in the same. It was very funny. So whenever they had the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, yep. uh, that area would stink for a long period of time because that's where they housed all the animals in the cages down where the elevator was the freight elevator is where they would take the elephants the lions the tiger i mean seriously and we would get into that elevator right after the circus and the whole thing would stink all right i mean it really would and i'll never forget that being in the loading dock and all the players would be commenting on it uh, but it was a huge freight elevator that we would take uh, to get up to the uh, fifth floor so yeah, those are some of the things i remember about madison square garden now i know there's going to be someone listening going wait a minute grant you announced at midcourt at Arco Arena for many years across mm. from the scores table. And yes, I did. But here's the difference. They they had fans directly on either side of the table that were actually in front of us. So I actually had one third of the court to my left and one third of the court to my right blocked off because the fans were sitting there so that anything along the near sideline to the left or the right, I could not see. So anytime the ball went into my corner to the left or my corner to the right in that area, I had to look at the monitor to see whether it was a two or a three because I couldn't see because the fans were in my way. At Madison Square Garden, they actually put us 
level, even with the fans. So there were there was never any fan in our way. We could see the 100% of the court in its entirety. Nice. Okay, so uh, quite, this is maybe a silly question, but I've always wondered. So where Jeff and getting Mark Jackson sit for national games, like on TNT and on, yeah. you know. So are those actual seats that the, yes. uh, that the NBA buys out? The broadcast, the network buys them. The network, the network buys those seats. They pay the money for the loss of income for the home team. So, if when the when the uh, national announcers go to Sacramento, they re, they remove the seats at center court, and they they pay they pay the, the team ticket holder. Yep, the, they don't pay the season. Well, the, the the team pays the season ticket holders. Right, right, right. The networks pay the teams. Yes, that's correct. They pay for the seats. I'm sorry to cut you out. So I guess what my question was, was that those those seats are probably owned by somebody and, and it's probably in their contract. Of course. That, okay, got it. Yeah, they got know. It. They know. It is. It is. They understand that uh, on national games, their seats will will be used and they will not be able to sit there. That's correct. Got it. So obviously growing up, you know, watching the Heat versus the Knicks rivalry was amazing. I could still remember, uh, you know, obviously uh, it was a, big moment and and just the atmosphere watching on TV when Larry Johnson hit that three against the Pacers in that playoff game um, and he got fouled. So I guess yeah. my question to you is that did you ever get to experience a playoff game at Madison Square Garden? No. With the Knicks. I've never been to an NBA playoff game at Madison Square Garden. Been to the Stanley Cup finals, Stanley Cup playoffs, but no, I've never been to a playoff game at Madison Square Garden in the NBA. Never had that experience. And would you like to have it or is that just something you were not – not, not anymore. Uh, yeah. Not, it, not now. Um, before I started doing the Kings, yeah, I would have given my, you know, I would have given anything to be at a playoff game at Madison Square Garden. But, you know, once, once I started working for the Kings, I wasn't a Knicks fan anymore, so right. I didn't really have the urge to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And, and plus, you've probably seen, you know, so many playoff games with the Kings. Would you say not as many as I would like? Yeah, yeah. So and and. Uh, are we expecting? Um, are you expecting the same kind of atmosphere that you saw in the early, you know, late '90s um, coming up here? I think. No, I, you want to know why? What? You want to? No, you want to know why? I'm not. Why? Why? Because back then there were no cell phones, and people weren't. There weren't seventeen thousand three hundred seventeen people on cell phones, taking a using their camera phone to chronicle everything. Now, when the Kings come out for Game One, yeah, it will be loud. And they'll be screaming, but every single person in the building is going to have their cell phone out, which means they can't clap. That is a very interesting point, Grant. <laughs> How did you think of that? <laughs> well, think about it. When the Kings were in the playoffs, okay, yep. um, they weren't camera phones. No. Nope. So people didn't use their phones to take pictures. They might have had a they might have had a real live camera. I mean, but most people didn't. They clapped. And you know, the other thing is, if you remember, a lot of times the teams hand out these little rally tallies. Right, yes, towels. that's true. Okay. So, you know, I remember the Raz to Jazz rally towels, which I kept for years and years and years. But you can still wave that. You can still clap, you know, intermittently and you can scream. But now when the Kings come out for game one, 18,000 people are going to have their cell phones out and – Let's be honest. Most of the time, if you're going to take a video, you need to have two hands on the phone, right? It's very difficult to take a steady video with one hand. You can do it, but most people yeah. use both hands, right? That is true. So yeah. if you have both hands on your phone or even one hand on your phone, you can't clap. 
Oh, that is true. Correct or incorrect? That is, no, that is true. <laughs> that right. is true. So will it be the same? No, it won't be the same. All right. Well, I look forward to it, obviously, either way. And, um, you know, I look forward to, I'm pretty sure, you know, your pregame, postgame here. It, it's it's going to feel like, you know, a little bit of 2000 again. Now, I don't know how 2000 yep. was because I never listened. So I'm looking. It's still going to be great. It's still going to be great. By the way, I don't know if yep. people that missed me on the postgame show last night, I am actually coming to Sacramento for the playoffs. Okay. And I will be there and I will be doing uh, my show at different locations throughout Sacramento, including Bennett's. Uh, I will be out there doing a watch party and doing the show. So once we get the dates and times of the games, I'll let people know where I'm going to be. But I will be in Sacramento for the playoffs. Okay. And and I'm pretty sure one of those is going to be a weekend game. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, because the playoffs are starting next weekend, right? The plan is That's next correct. Either week. the 15th and 16th. So okay. the Kings will actually have – they will actually have – two games on a weekend they'll have the first weekend and assuming that they don't get swept which i don't think they will um they will have a game the following weekend hey, i get it i don't want them to get swept i'm just saying i just you know i'm, I'm fearful right they're not so, going to get swept <laughs> okay i i get it all right and then um just uh last thing uh tonight it's a big game between the lakers and the clippers obviously uh, you know we'll be watching it for seating purposes but who do you have tonight winning well the fact that the lakers played in overtime last night i think is a real drawback for them yeah. you know the fact that lebron and anthony davis and reeves all played 41 minutes i think that's going to be the difference in the game and i think the clippers win the game right at the end but i and i hope that happens but the lakers are playing really well right now they are really playing well yeah, and LeBron, I don't know. I, I mean, there's been reports out, but he just looks slimmer. So maybe he went on a quick diet or something. And I don't know. He's still LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Grant, uh, thank you, and I, and I appreciate you sharing the stories. Thank you, Waggus. Thanks for the call. Take care. Don't forget, Ryan is going to be coming on with the uh, pregame show in about 15 minutes. And then I'll be on at halftime and postgame. Over on YouTube, Ryan joins me. It's the Kings in the match. Thanks very much for being with me today. Have yourself a good rest of your Wednesday. Kings and Mavs tonight. And we'll have it covered for you over on YouTube and in Periscope. So long, everybody.